a fish here from it came from Gen X with Skinner and Porterhouse. In episode 96, we bring you an unfortunate medical malpractice story. The NFL divisional playoffs complete. Some of us are happy, some of us are not so happy. We remember the passing of the great David Crosby. Also trio bands. Who are some of your favorite trio bands over the years? And uh, rags to riches sports stories. Do you have an athlete in mind? Uh, some of our favorite Pixar movies and near and dear to our hearts, some of our favorite toys growing up from our generation. This and plenty more Gen X talk, memories, rants, and we'll probably make fun of each other as well. So hang with us, keep listening, keep watching, and here we go. You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Hey everybody, this is Keith Porter with It Came From Gen X. But I am not alone. The boys are back in town. Mike Skinner, Brian Fisher, friends. 36 years, couple of us. Man, it's been a while, but we have been friends a long time, and we wanted to have fun and do a little internet show a few years ago. And here we are coming to you on the Boss Code Media Network, Spotify, YouTube, other streaming devices we'll talk about later. And we are glad to be here. This is a show about life through the eyes of Gen Xers. We poke a little fun. We have a little fun. But uh, mostly we hope that you just enjoy yourself, learn something, and uh, hey, let us hear from you. So let's say hi to the boys, Mike Skinner. How you doing, baby? Uh, doing good. Good weekend Got for you. <laughs> great weekend for me. My 49ers, uh, I, I'm not going to say put a lick in on Dallas because it was actually a very close game for the entire well, four we'll, quarters. We'll, we'll talk about that, yeah. But yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, got good news today. My new purchase with Miss Marcy, the camper is being delivered tomorrow morning. Congratulations. So looking that's forward awesome. to that. I'm not looking forward to the payment that's going to come along with that with the new truck I got to buy. But hey. Yeah, they're like that. We're looking forward to <laughs> doing some traveling with it. Uh, that's hopefully exciting, hit a, man. a music festival or two this summer with the camper with some close friends of mine. Hint, hint, and uh, we'll go from there. That's Good awesome, to see you guys. Man. Congratulations. Good to see you, brother. Man, now the guy who doesn't look so happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Bitch, what's up, baby? How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. So, uh, yeah, you alluded to the Cowboys losing, so we'll talk more about that. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I was out last night, and there was a lot of people there, so it's cool. Skinner, Marcy, yeah. Coopers, Cunningham, Alley. Uh, Cooper's neighbor, Sean and Ali. So it was just, we had a nice group of us, had a good time. It was a close game. It wasn't a blowout. I really wasn't expecting Dallas right. to win, frankly. It was really good. You don't win the big games like that anymore, but it was fun. It was a good time. Good to see people. And then a uh, nice quality time with Ali on the weekend as well. Um, All right. I'll give, a awesome. shout out, I'll give a shout out real quick. Cranston's Pub in Doylestown. So if you're in the Northeast Ohio area, go check them out. Literally, the only food on the menu is pizza. That's it. Nothing else. So they are known for their oh, pizza. Handmade dough. Delicious. Go check them out. And they serve big, giant, if you if you like to drink beer, or you get, mm. you get a, a liter of beer in a big, giant German beer mug. 
very. So good you place. were doing good then, huh? Yeah, it was, it was a nice yeah, evening. I, I uh, wanted to hang and or go out and see the game, but Saturday I was or Sunday I should say I was recovering um, from Saturday. Um, the show out at Lake Milton at the Sail Inn went great. We had a t- tremendous crowd. Well, we played the Sail Inn a few years ago. Then COVID happened, and they haven't had live entertainment since. We just found out we were like the first band back, which was was flattering and nice. And uh, they're trying to get entertainment out there at the lake. So we had a great crowd. Uh, I blew a thousand watt speaker, but you know. Well, it is what it is, and it was cold loading up equipment. I couldn't wait to get home, but um, it was a great show, and I spent all day yesterday recovering, and I am ready to go today. Got a lot of good things going on in my life here and trying to get everything on track, and I am really excited about the fact that we are creeping up on 100 shows, fellas. This yeah. is show 96, so really excited to say, hey, we did a hundred shows. Really, just excited about that. So we'll talk about that later. Tell them where they can find the show, bro. Yeah, we got to plan something for the hundredth, uh, Keith. Yeah, uh, Skinner was saying, talk about that. He was talking about uh, you know since they have a camper now they have to reassess their friends. You know they that's their camper people now. You know what I mean? that's smart <laughs> smart move. Mm-hmm. You don't want any. <laughs> his quote was something along the lines: "He doesn't want any effing freeloaders." <laughs> something like that he said last night i was like I didn't i'm even already act. thinking about like, moving God. in yeah jeez hey you got a pool or a pond near that or something like that? <laughs> pond for you natural spring uh all right well you might be listening to us wherever you are listening to podcasts we can be found on all major podcast platforms apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify overcast iHeartRadio. Amazon Music, and plenty more. Just uh, pull up the It Came From Gen X podcast. Give us a follow or subscribe. And as we publish new episodes every week, they'll pop into your podcast library to listen at your convenience, all for free. You might be watching us. We have segments on the Boss Code Media TV network, as Keith already said. Uh, Tons of uh, great content out there from creative folks all across the country. Uh, Find the app on your smart TV device, the Boss Code um, a network, excuse me, or on your portable device, download, subscribe, and we're there on our very own channel. It came from Gen X channel, along with plenty of other folks out there. You might be watching us on our YouTube channel at It Came From Gen X. All show information can be found in two main places. Our Link Tree page is simply Google Link Tree. It came from Gen X. It's simply a page with links to our social media, places you can uh, listen to us. Our merch store is there, podcast merch, cool logo merch, and different things out there with our show and our brother podcast, Convincing Idiots. And uh, our website, it came from genx.wordpress.com. All show information is there, links to new episodes, videos, bios, ways to sponsor the show, etc. It's all out there for you. Uh, if you do anything at all for us, follow, like, share, subscribe, just everywhere out there to you know, keep up with us. Tell a friend and uh, keep on listening. We greatly appreciate your support. Thank you. Absolutely. And speaking of appreciation, this show is brought to you by Michael Skinner Jr., our podcast uh, producer. Much love to him. And this video produced by our own Brian Fisher. And hey, we wouldn't be on Boss Code Media if it wasn't for the man, Des the Reason, Canton's own Des the Reason rapper sensation so we want to say thank you to all three of those guys 
All right. Let's get them on. Little World News, baby. All right. We are going to go uh, to southeast England in a city. Go there all the time. Of... What's that? Go there all the time. Okay. Uh, let's see. It is in Surrey, which is a southeast uh, town, a town in southeast England. British girl. <clears throat> They've, they did not divulge her name or her age, to be truthful. Just a British girl won a settlement of 39 million pounds. Translates to 48.3 million U.S. dollars. She went into the hospital sick back last June, I think it was when it was. <clears throat> they sent her home. The hospital sent her home with acetaminophen and some other medicine for the symptoms they thought she had. Um, her injuries at the time were completely avoidable and with proper care. And She went into the hospital, came back a week later because her symptoms worsened, and she ended up having meningitis along with sepsis. Ooh. The lawyer for represents the family said that, um, let's see, <clears throat> apologize, let's see, the, her parents returned to the hospital when her condition worsened, doctors diagnosed with the meningitis sepsis, she later experienced multi-organ failure. The severity of the sepsis then made her have to have a quadruple limb amputation. She lost her legs at the knees and her arms at the elbows to stop the sepsis from killing her. Now, uh, the lawyer or the doctor, according to the BBC News, the symptoms she initially had the original visit were red flags for the meningitis and sepsis, but the doctors missed it. So had they treated her properly the first time she went in there, she would still most likely have her arms and legs today. Wow. So I'm going to stop there. If you check out the story, just look up Young Girl in Great Britain or in England. You can read more. But my first question to you, fellas, is how the hell does this still happen with today's medicine? You Doctors go through now. Let me go back. I understand people can't be perfect one hundred percent of the time. It's not human to be perfect. But when you go to school for eight years after high school, eight years to be a doctor, and then you've got another four to eight years of residency in whatever whatever you know whatever specialty you do. Mm -hmm. How the hell do you miss a simple diagnosis like this when the red flags, based on everything you that the story says, are there? How does this still happen in 2023, 2022 in this case? You know, they can say, well, Western medicine, which is the U.S., is so much better than anywhere else across the world. I, I don't believe that. I think doctors across the pond are just as good. Their technology is just as good as it is in the U.S., so how the hell does this stuff still happen? I don't well, understand it. Unfortunately, Skinner, I am seeing this more and more in today's medical field. I'm seeing it in my personal life, and I'm seeing it 
and other people. There is this lack of attention to detail, this um, understanding that there is no margin for error. There are certain things where there can't be any margin for error. The medical field is one of them. I'm not saying people are perfect, but I'm just saying it has to be above reproach. And there's this carelessness I'm seeing from people like, it's no big deal. Um, Even in my medical transportation one day, they called me to verify my address to pick me up the next day to take me to have this medical stuff done. And the next day they called me, said, we'll be pulling up in 15 minutes. And they were in Canton with an address I've never even heard of in Canton. You just called me the day before to verify my address. Hmm. And the driver's in Canton. Like, really? And I never got any, I wasn't even seen because they were so late, nobody would see me. So, you know, there's a story right happened right here, I think in Akron. Um, they messed up and gave two kids an adult dose of the uh, COVID vaccine. That was in Indiana. We talked about that. Yeah, okay. The two little Um, ones, yeah. Right, exactly. And how do you mess that up? So I see it more and more and more. The attention to detail. um, You guys know about what happened when I had that last procedure done on my my knee. Mm -hmm. It was right after COVID. And they told me when I got there, they couldn't put me under anymore because of COVID. But I still don't know what one had to do with the other. But they said, hey, we got something that's going to work great. We're going to give you some Xanax and some uh, antihistamine. Was it antihistamine? Uh, so, yeah. And they gave me five Xanax and then came out with this big syringe this long and this thick. And I'm, I refuse to let them shoot them with me. They're like, you'll be awake during the surgery. I was like, I don't care. And I thank God I didn't let them shoot me because it might have killed me. I was a mess for days. My vision started leaving me. They had to rush me to the hospital two days later. And here it is on the internet, plain as day, do not mix Xanax with a medication that I take. Could be fatal. How do they not know that? So people just don't care like they used to. There's not the attention to detail like it used to be. And unfortunately, if you don't, Check out things for yourself. You're going to be in a world of hurt. My mom used to get prescribed stuff for one thing, and I'll look it up, and it's for mental health or something. Like, don't you dare take this. This will have you all messed up. You know, you got to do your own research. And I tell you what, when you hear a story about this young lady, the first thing comes to your mind is, because we all know this being older. We all know we learn through experience. Nothing matters more than your health. As we get older, nothing is more important than your health. And when you hear a story like this, the first thing comes to your mind is what the heck is all this money going to, what difference does that matter? You took this girl's limbs, you know, there, no money can replace that. So it's just really sad and people need to get it together. That's my thoughts. Well said. Fish, you have anything to add? Yeah, this is a terrible tragedy, obviously. I mean, I was just peeking online here that. Um, at least in the United States anyway, there's a shortage of physicians. I don't know if they have the same problem over in other countries wow. as well. So 
I'm just I was I'm just wondering, thinking if that's also contributing to some of this uh, these errors and carelessness where you have fewer people in the medical staff stretching themselves thinner thinner working more hours. And that's going. That's contributing to some of these mistakes that you see as well. I'm not saying it's a factor in this particular case. I'm just saying in general, it seems like the medical field has been suffering for a long time. Don't know for sure, but it feels like you know maybe going through the pandemic has really uh, caused some people to maybe rethink their own profession as much as the hell that they went through, and some people to not get into the profession. So. I don't know. All that's a very dangerous uh, equation as well. If you have don't have enough people to cover the needs uh, in your area, you're more susceptible to from you know from inconveniences of trying to see a doctor when you're sick, uh, and then obviously when you finally do, uh, are we going to see an increase in error? Perhaps I don't know. It's a pretty uh, pretty unfortunate and uh, and a scary thing. So. Um, well, it certainly is scary to think about that if the medical profession, yeah, they didn't just get shortage over the last two years due to COVID. I mean, this has got to be years of building up to this. I mean, yeah. you can blame COVID for a lot of things, but I think a long-term shortage like the medical profession, that, that's got to take years to get to where it's at today. Well, that's that's so, a problem. Yeah, I mean, it makes yeah, sense. It says too. It's like if you're already behind now, by the time that young people get properly, uh, you know, go, go to you know, get properly educated, you know, you're right. that much farther behind if, if it doesn't change quickly. Yeah, that's one med- that's one field out there that you just can't turn, tur- you know, turn on exactly. a dime. I remember you know, when Peyton, so, when Peyton was career thinking for college, I mean, she was thinking about being a teacher at one point because of her you know, love for kids, and then she decided she wasn't going to do that. I mentioned maybe being a, a pediatric nurse or something like that to where she could work with kids, and it's a very honorable profession and all that stuff. And her first comment was, everybody I know that's a nurse hates it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? <laughs> She's right. <laughs> People yeah. that I know that are nurses. There's... Uh, it's a very, very, very tough profession, and uh, some, you know, have regretted. I don't know if they've regretted it, but it seems like at times it's something where it's a, just they've uh, almost wish they've done something differently. But they're so far into it and all that. It's certainly pros and cons, but it's it's definitely a very difficult. Well, profession. the burnout factor's got to yeah. be yeah. prevalent. Yeah, that's absolutely. for sure. Again, not saying it's impacted here. I'm kind of going off topic a little bit, but it just. Uh, if it is, it's it's uh, it's not going to get any better if we don't have the right people, right amount of people, and the right training and careful measures and all that stuff, as you said. So, yeah. all right, prayers to this yes, young lady too, man. Really, go bad for yeah. All right, well, good story. Thanks, Skinner. Okay, let's guys, let's pivot to some uh, sports and music. Lighten it up a little bit. Well, lighten it up for some of us. <laughs> the NFL wrapped up its second round of the playoffs in the divisional rounds. And um, I tell you what, it was some pretty interesting mm-hmm. stuff. First of all, you know, I want to say this about my new favorite player. Um, I said it a few weeks ago, but I just love me some yeah. Joe Burrow. But the Cincinnati Bengals are no oh. joke. And 
people better recognize that this team is not only talented, but they are tough. To go into Buffalo and manhandle the Buffalo Bills blew me away. I wouldn't have been shocked if they won, but to do it like they did in those weather conditions, I'm telling you what, if they win at all, it would not shock me one bit. So um, hands off to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, man. That was just a great job. What are your thoughts on the uh, Cincinnati game? Yeah, like I said before you noticed, 14 nothing. like quick. Yeah, they, they were quick. running the ball. They were passing. It's like the weather did not impact them at all with all that snow flying. Of course, now, of course, they were an outdoor Ohio team, too. But And they just played mm-hmm. so – it's it's a cliche and all that. But Burrow, man, he's just poised, man. Poised. Just cool. He, as he does, yeah, cool keeps as his head come. together. And he was getting rid of the ball. Um, you know, they had a couple linemen out, as you know, uh, offensive linemen, but still, I, I, yeah, seemed like he got tons of pressure. They just had a great game plan and executed it, man. And the defense played well, yeah, uh, they played phenomenal. Uh, Skinner, a couple of years ago, the Bills came out of nowhere and became one of the perennial teams in the NFL. Are they starting to go downhill, or is this just uh, they ran into a buzzsaw in Cincinnati? Um, I heard the term they ran out of gas. With all mm. the emotion that's happened with, uh, you know, Donar Hamlin. That's an interesting point. Um, the fact that they had a game move from Buffalo to Detroit because with the Bra- for the Browns game they played against the Browns, they've had so much happen to them, not only physically but emotionally over the last six weeks. They ran out of gas. That's okay. nothing against Cincinnati because they had a hell right. of a game plan. Like you said, it was fourteen nothing. When you look up and you're like, "Holy crap, what just happened?" Yeah. And the way they manhandled the offense, Buffalo's offense, you know, combination of ran out of gas and a great game plan from Cincinnati. They're a team to reckon with. Yes, they are. And like you said, Joey Burrow is just an incredible second, third year quarterback. Unbelievable. He's just incredible right now. Yeah. Now the Giants, you know, we knew they were had a decent season. We didn't expect a whole lot of them. Um, the Eagles definitely have been one of the front runners all season long. Uh, but getting to yesterday's huge game, um, fish, your Cowboys, high hopes going into this game. They slapped Brady and the Buccaneers around last mm-hmm. week. And even you, Fish, made the comment, we'll see how they look against the real defense. Not just the real defense, but the best defense in the NFL. Which they look good. Uh, tough break losing yeah. Pollard. He is he's the energy on that team, man. I mean, he's the speed. He makes the offense move mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, sometimes when Zeke was running the last couple of years, it kind of just was like going through the motions. You know, it's going to get two yards maybe or something. But Pollard, man, when he gets that ball, there's just energy. And I said, wow, when he went down, I was like, they ain't going to make it, man. And, and they almost did. Um, so I don't want to harp on, on Dallas too much, Fish, unless you want to comment on him. But I do want to talk about this kid just came out of nowhere, Brock Purdy. Unbelievable story. He is going to play in the NFC championship game next week with 11 games experience. It is an unbelievable rags to riches story. And I was liking the kid, and I like him even more now. I watched a phenomenal video of him talking today. Um, he's a devout Christian, loves the Lord. 
He is a smart man. He knows who he is and what he wants. And um, he, he, we talk about Joe Burrow being cool. This kid is unflappable. And he, he he's going to be a great story. The way I looked at it, if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, I'll be happy for them. I love me some Joe Burrow. If the Eagles win, I'll be happy for them. Uh, I thought Jalen Hurts will be a great story, seeing how he got he lost his starting job in the championship game in college for Tua. That's right. Took the transfer portal with Oklahoma, and I thought this would be a great story for kids to say, hey, it's not the end of the world, you know, to bounce back and go to the Super Bowl. And um, I thought Buffalo would be great. I like Buffalo. only team I didn't really care about was Kansas City because they got kind of cocky. But I tell you what, I am all about the 49ers. Uh, I hope they go. I hope they win it all. And it was a great rags to riches story. So I was just wondering, guys, you know, in history, uh, in our time, you know, I saw some great stuff on the Internet. But in our time, who's like the best rags to riches story? Um, you can keep it in football if you want. But if you want to be out of football, that's fine. What's the best rags to riches story uh, in your mind as sports, Skinner? I think you got to go to Kurt Warner. Oh, man, yeah, great one. Came out of, you know, when you asked us that at the beginning, mm-hmm. before we went on the air, I'm like, okay, real quick. And I, I, that came to me without having to look it up. But Kurt Warner yeah, came I, out of nowhere. Yeah. He played, uh, he was with, uh, was it Notre Dame or USC? It was Notre Dame. He was in college. Yeah. I might be wrong. a little arena ball. Mm-hmm. And then he went up to Canada and played arena. And then all of a sudden, he's on the NFL squad and... Boom! He's winning a, a, a Super Bowl. So he was packing uh, groceries. Yeah. Yes. When he got when the call, he got the call to go to camp. You're talking about a, a spiritual. You're talking about spiritual with Brock. I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of lot of familiarities with this. Uh, yeah, it really is. Him and his wife are very spiritual. They ended up, uh, you know, being philanthropists. I hate that <laughs> word. Uh, to say that word, I should say. <laughs> But he after he was out. done, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like he, the rest um, of us. His story, if you don't know it, there's a movie about him. I don't recall the name of it at the moment, but there yeah, is an autobiography I, movie I about. See it. <coughs> excuse me, about American him. Movie. I saw that. It's, it's uh, American Underdog or something like that. So it's Mer- okay. Like, yeah, okay. that sounds about right. Shazam, it plays yeah, Kurt Warner would very good movie. Yes. So he would be my choice for Rags to Riches. No, that's a great one. Okay, awesome. How about that you? That's a good one, man. I was I was kind of thinking th- thinking through some stuff. I don't know if it's necessarily a rags to riches per se, but uh, I'm going to go with a local kid from Akron, Ohio. You know. Okay. Oh, I was hoping somebody yeah, kind of grew up in a tough yeah. neighborhood uh, over in mm-hmm. the uh, over in Akron. Single mom, kind of a tough time. Uh, single, yeah, it's not single mom. Single parent. I'm trying to say. Dad in prison. Yeah, so, uh, and just decided, just I'm going to make the most out of my sheer basketball talent. The great uh, LeBron James uh, came out of Akron, of course, right from the right from high school. It was almost like a perfectly scripted story to get, to wind up to be drafted by the Cleveland yes. Cavaliers and took the team yeah, itself it was, from. Some people say it was fixed. It was yeah, so perfect. Took the team itself from you know the depths of just terrible, terrible times. Yeah, they really, they really were, were laughable. laughable. Yeah, uh, to obviously some uh, championship appearances, and finally he took them to the promised land in 2016, which was one of the greatest sports stories in the in Cleveland uh, history. Certainly, with that, so it was one of, not a Cleveland guy, um, but it was one of the greatest moments um, 
you know, I can remember. It was just an awesome feeling to be watching it and, uh, you know, to have met LeBron a couple times. And it was just awesome. And, you no, know, he was never seen a day in college. And then to be put on Sports Illustrated as the yes. chosen one. If that's not pressure, I don't know what is. And we, you never see people live up to the hype when you see things like that. He surpassed it. He went from that to being called the mm-hmm. king. Um, the arguments of who's the greatest of all time will probably go on, you know, forever. So that's a good one, too. All right. So, hey, listen, I hate to do this, <laughs> Skinner, but I got to go with your boy, uh, Tom Brady. <sighs> very, very similar to uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was a seventh round pick, 262. In the draft, Mr. Irrelevant, the last person. There's only been five that have even had a great NFL career. Five Mr. Irrelevants. Not expected to make the team. That's why they call them that. Whoever has that last pick, you got to pick somebody. So, okay, give me this guy. I think they throw a dart at the name or something. <laughs> but um, uh, Tom Brady was a six-round pick, 199th in the draft. When I look at his draft picture, he looks like some guy that <laughs> sells beer down at, uh, you know, O'Shea's or something, you know. I mean, he doesn't even look like an athlete. I'm like, this guy's pathetic. I think he ran a 10-minute 40 or something. They had to send a cab to pick him up. <laughs> Just ridiculous, man. He's like this, yo, in this picture. And here this guy is with seven Super Bowl rings. You know what? Steelers for years used to say, we want one for the thumb. This guy's got one for the Mm. toe. Um, Just an amazing story to come out of obscurity, backup quarterback to Drew Brees, and to have seven Super Bowl championships. That's an incredible story for me. So here we are, guys. We'll be looking forward to next week's championship games, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cincinnati (laughs) Bengals in the AFC and the San Francisco 49ers against the Philadelphia Eagles. It should be great. Young quarterbacks, dynamic quarterbacks, all the old guys are gone on um, as far as this year's playoffs. And as far as our teams, Skinner's Browns are out. My Steelers, when I say Skinner Jr., his Browns are out, my Steelers are out, Fisher's Cowboys are out, and all that's left is Skinner Sr.'s 49ers. So go 49ers. Hope you guys do great. Boo. <laughs> Don't be bitter, Twan. <laughs> no, but I do want to comment. This past weekend, other than the Giants uh, Eagles game, the other three games were very entertaining. Yeah, so, Jackson, yeah. as, fo- as a football fan, yeah. yeah, Jacksonville game. You know, they gave everything they possibly could. They did, uh, and, I, and they're going to be a great team. I'm looking forward to them doing great things too. Now, another great young leader who I'm starting to like more on that team, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and, uh, if you, you saw know, my post on Facebook about him, yeah, I, I, want, I want to dislike this kid. But the more I see this kid, the more he thrives and wants to be that leader. He's that learned how to be a leader. And he's just a remarkable story. Yeah, I think the talent's always been there, but I think he's learned how to be a leader now, and that's making difference on that football team. Yeah, um, Yeah, they got a good young nucleus on there. Also, uh, the New York Giants are going to be something to deal with uh, that once they get a, a few more pieces together. 
So looking forward to next season for all of us. Okay, guys, um, in the music world, we had a, a depth, um, David Crosby. Crosby steals an ass, Crosby steals an ass and young. One of the pioneers and just the I don't want to say classic rock, but uh classic folk rock era. I mean, he was just a talented singer, talented songwriter. You wouldn't find him in my CD collection, but certainly somebody when I heard, I recognized uh as someone extremely talented and appreciated listening to him sing and play and all that good stuff. So thoughts, Crosby, uh David Crosby Fish. Yeah, I just a nice sound. I, I wasn't a I not an avid listener of Crosby Stills Nash and Crosby Stills Nash, you know, but when they came on, you know the sound. They had the, definitely had a unique yes. vibe. Super talented guys. Like I said, he was a great uh, guitar player and singer, so they're definitely iconic in the world of rock. No question about it. So yeah, definitely a huge icon. Definitely. Skinner, thoughts on David Crosby? Uh like I Fisher's Noted on the head, just an inc- I think he was an incredible musician. He had the, the unique sound. He was also with the Birds before he was with Crosby, Stills and Nash. Uh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was with the Birds uh, prior to going with. Crosby. I usually know everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I got you on that one, didn't I? Yeah, but no, um, it, the guy was just—I don't want to say larger than life when it comes to that style of music that they play. But he was. Uh, he was easy on the ears and a great showman. So, you know, 81 years old, he lived a good life. So rest in peace. And, uh, you know, prayers to his family for peace and guidance through this tough time. But, yeah, his music will live on forever. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Okay, guys. Uh, make sure I find my this day in music here. I was looking through this day in music, and there wasn't any significant stories that caught my eye, but I always like look at the deaths or the birthdays, and I caught a couple of things. Um, 2003, R. Kelly was arrested on new child pornography charges. The singer was detained in Miami after police said digital sex pictures were discovered at his home in Florida last June. The singer was already facing 21 charges relating to producing child pornography and appearing in a video having sex with the underage girl. He was charged with a further 12 counts of possession of child pornography. So that was 2003. We know right now charge uh, R. Kelly is serving time for a lot of these charges. Um, we've had a lot of professional musicians either get arrested and charged or didn't get arrested and charged for similar charges, uh, similar acts, I should say. Is there anybody in your mind, guys, that you think should have done some time um, or maybe didn't get enough time or trouble for the things they've done? And, and I'm going to start this off right off the bat. Uh, this guy, to me, just ruined his entire career over the dumbest choice you can think of. And I'm going to start off with Jerry Lee Lewis. Not only did you destroy your career with a minor, but she was also your cousin related to you in some kind of way. I don't know if this guy was around today with the media that we have, I think he'd probably be under the jail. Um, 
But we hear a lot about this type of stuff going on. There are some guys who have never, ever gotten in trouble. I just read about Carl Malone, the great Carl Malone basketball player, impregnated a 13-year-old, and it was hushed up. Um, oh, that started man. to become common news, yeah. Anybody offhand that you can think of that uh, kind of got away with doing something, maybe not pornography, but, you know, have a relationship with uh, someone underage. Fish, anybody come to man, mind? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who maybe should have gotten in trouble. I mean, obviously, you had some weird allegations with Michael Jackson, but he was uh, never found guilty of any charges and all that. This seems like a strange right. situation. Um, well, I'll throw one at you. How about our guy, Elvis? Well, sure. Priscilla was what, 14? Yeah, that is a strange one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very strange. When you think about it, I think the fact that he married her saved him from uh, people, you know, really uh, crucifying him for that. But she certainly was a child. Skinner, any thoughts on that? I don't know of anybody right offhand. I know David Allen Coe got into some trouble and spent some time. Um, yeah. I know he you robbery, and I think he had possession of pornography. If I'm not, if I recall right, but yeah. that's a that's a tough subject matter for somebody. It like really my, is for myself. That's got you know. I have four biological daughters, of my own, and three stepdaughters. So, not that I'm trying to dodge the subject, but it's a real tough one for me to. I to, can uh, imagine to talk about. You know, um, and I certainly don't Pete, seek Pete it Townsend. out. Pete Townsend, I'm not real sure what them. Yeah, he got caught with some child pornography. Yeah. So you haven't heard from him. Right. Okay. So. All right. Well, we certainly don't want to dwell on that subject. Just a tough one. But also, guys, in this birthdays, this day of music, Robin Zander of the band Cheap Trick, a popular trio, been around for several years. And uh, being a musician myself, there's just something special about the trio, uh, especially when you get paid. Not a lot of people to pay, but it's just a very unique sound when you have that uh, simplistic band set up. I thought it'd be cool if we could talk about who our favorite trios in the uh, music era. Um, there's lots and lots to choose from. I can let you guys name them on your own. I can name off a few. We'll talk about them. So uh, we'll go with you, Skinner. My favorite, probably out mm -hmm. of all of them, has to be Rush. I know Yacht yeah. is going to be brought up. Um, their unique style and blend. It just and of course Neil Peart uh, was just incredible behind the kit. Um, they would probably be my number one, and I'll just do go with two, and that's a toss. Well, let's go two A and two B. Beastie Boys and Green Day are two uh, other ones that I really enjoyed listening to back in the day. Okay. Well, we all went to the same high school. We knew it was Beastie Boys Beaver uh, mm -hmm. when when they uh, came out with that huge album, License to Ill. Um, and certainly Rush. Oh, my gosh. That just goes without saying. Um, out of Canada, one of the most amazing bands ever of our time. And we, we really miss Neil Peart. So um, Green Day, well, I never liked them can't stand them um and the more that uh, singer whatever that jerk's name is i hear him speak 
the more I can't stand them. So <laughs> not, not a fan, man. Um, but they are very popular. Fish? Uh, one of my favorites, uh, about the ZZ Top. Yeah, cool. Yep. Just cool dudes. Yeah. Fantastic. Like and the I fly. think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was was Motorhead a trio? Yes, they were. I actually have them on my list. They were oh, on my okay. list as well. Motorhead. Another was a band trio. I never got into. I don't understand oh, what the oh, appeal no, is, no, but no, I love Motorhead. Uh, love Motorhead. Good stuff. Oh gosh. Yep. <laughs> not only I think the singing's horrible, but the no, music's horrible. No, no, no. <laughs> the whole vibe, man. Bite your tongue. <laughs> Yeah, that was a vibe that was all to its own. Yeah, you can keep that vibe. <laughs> okay. Um, man, I got a good list. Obviously, I'm not going to name Rush, but they would be at the top of my list. Um, here's the band I never liked when they came out. It was during the MTV craze. Um, videos were hot. They were one of the biggest video bands out there. Never dug them, but as I got older, man, I learned to appreciate the mm. police. Yeah. Um just incredible uh, musicianship, incredible drumming. Um I agree with you. I was not a fan in the eighties. Right. To, Neither was I, Skinner. Um I, before we go on, do I want to comment on Fish's Easy Top? They're interesting because this is a band that could totally reinvented themselves yeah. from the seventies to the to the eighties to the video mm-hmm. phrase. They were this bluesy gritty uh dirt band in the 70s and then by the time mtv got huge in the 80s they turned into this kind of electric metal type pop band sort of a lot of people didn't like it man they had some huge songs and some huge hits as a musician i know every time we play a zz top song the dance floor is full we play one of those 80s songs like legs or sharp dressed man yeah, we so, saw their 50th anniversary uh, tour up in cleveland uh, Did yeah, you? a couple years ago before dusty passed away it was a uh, cheap trick open form actually great great show oh okay it was a dusty who, who passed well, was so it dusty sorry the same wrong yeah okay yes. yeah, yeah yeah it was dusty but great, it was great dusty. Show, a lot of fun yep okay another great trio and you wouldn't call them a band but they were a group um it would be the bgs because uh, yeah. they did play a lot of instruments in the studio i thought they were just okay. awesome um i forgot they were a trio yeah, for sure. And yeah, Bee Gees might be my favorite of you top to bottom artists of the seventies. They're w- way, way okay. up there. Way, way up there. Yeah. Cool. Uh another one is the Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. experience. Some of the greatest mm-hmm. songs used to this day in commercials and movies and some of Hendrix's stuff. They were a great trio, very influential. Mm-hmm. Um and man, I just Grew to love some of his stuff. I wasn't a guitar player. I don't like guitar players level, but uh, just listening to his music as I get older, I really appreciate it. And guys, I don't know if you guys ever heard this band, but man, King's mm. X, what an incredible group of musicians. My guitar player back in the nineties loved them, and I didn't really care to listen to them, but now I really, really appreciate them. Um, and I think one of the biggest trios, if not the biggest trio in history. As far as popularity videos and all that had to be Genesis. Yeah. Oh yeah. And when you look at the the careers of those guys when they went uh on their own, Peter Gabriel and of course the great uh Phil Collins. Phil Collins, yeah. So I think those are huge trios as well. So 
All right, so that's it, guys, for me in sports and music. Let's get some pop culture. One more trio, almost as popular as Genesis, Keith. I can't believe you forgot them. It it came uh, from well, Genesis one for sure. I was going to mention Raven <laughs> from the yeah. Not a big <laughs> Raven guy. <laughs> yep. The whole stay stay I hard, think stay hard out for a second. Check it out. Oh, yeah. anyway, just a lot of eighties. 80s look fun. that up okay yeah. all right yeah okay uh why don't we start with some uh, gen x recommendations have you watched seen uh heard anything you wish to recommend to our viewers and listeners keith anything interesting over the past uh, week or so i have not i feel like i did watch something and i can't remember what it was but i can't think of anything offhand uh, lots of stuff i want to catch up on um, so by the time you're done with Skinner, maybe okay. I'll remember. Skinner, anything for you? Well, it's going to be pretty quick because I haven't watched anything new other than I did catch the first episode on Netflix of that 90s mm. show. Spinoff from the 70s show and had some uh, had Kitty and Red. I forget what his name is. Kitty, yep. Red. Uh, Kitty and Red and then their son Chris came back home. With Donna, uh, really, and, and their daughter, um, and then towards the—I don't want to spoil it—but there was a Ashton Kutcher uh, and Mila Kunis sighting as well. So, uh, wow, pretty slow start to the first half of the show, but second half of the show was pretty good. So, I'll stick around and watch it some more. But um, if you're into the seventies. That 70s show, you'll definitely want to check this out. Okay. Okay. All right. I know what it is uh, that I watched. Um, on Netflix, after a couple of years of waiting, the show Manifest was canceled on regular television, and Netflix picked it up. Fans were waiting for a couple of years. Season four is finally out. Um, it's pretty... Pretty cool. I'm excited about this show. I don't know if you guys will ever watch it. Uh, I, it's about I, this. Have you ever seen it? I tried. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give it a second go, but give I tried. Give it a second. Incredible story. This family. Um, there's a husband and wife, two twins, girl and boy, and then the sister um, played for this, by this hot chick. You'll know her face when you see her. And they're with their parents, and they're all at the airport about to take a trip. Well, the, the the sister, the hot chick, she's tired of hearing about her parents telling her to get married. And the father is impatient. And because the flight is delayed, they offer them $400 if anybody takes this other flight, this earlier flight. So the husband says yes. The sister says yes. His little boy goes with them. The twin girl stays with the mob. And the parents stay. So they're on the airplane. Everything's cool. And all of a sudden, they get a little bit of turbulence. No big deal. Everybody calms down. The plane lands. Uh, when the pilots radio in, they're like, what flight is this? And he tells them. It gets real quiet. And they're like, what's up? And they send them to an alternate runway. When the plane lands, there's just cops and authorities everywhere. And they're kind of like quarantined behind the fence. They're like, what is going on? And they're like, your plane's been missing for five years. Mm. And for them, it's just been three hours. So 
pretty amazing uh, show trying to figure out what happened. Um, I think, what are they called? They're called the uh, 288ers because it was Flight 288 or something like that. Uh, some of them have these abilities to see things. They call them callings. They can see the future and things like that. So uh, season four is on Netflix. Pretty okay. good. Very good. All right. Well, one thing I saw that I haven't seen in quite a while is our sponsor of the show. Yeah, Your feet? feet? Yeah. Oh. So RP, RPM Bike Shop. So we are reconnecting and uh, you're retooling cool. our, our sponsorship. Like they may are, they're retooling their bikes for their new season. So these are, these are, yeah, nice these are cool electric bikes. You could use the electric power or you could pedal on your own. Very, very cool. Go check them out. RPM Bike Shop. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, or get them a call at 330-808-7792. They're down in Carrollton, Ohio, in the Northeast Ohio area. Uh, you can also find their website out there as well, rpmbikeshop.com, I think is what it is. But, uh, yeah, check them out and get yourself an electric bike for the springtime. A couple of things that I saw. I don't know if I talked about it last week, but Kaleidoscope. I don't know if I mentioned that or not here. So that is a series um, on I, Netflix yeah. starring uh, Giancarlo. Esposito. So he he's been a lot of stuff here, but uh, of late he's been the kind of the main bad guy in the Mandalorian. Um, yes, he's awesome on Godfather. Yeah, of just Harlow. a great villain. But on this show, he's more of the uh, you know, kind of a good guy ish, if you will. So it's a whole you know thief thriller show. I've seen a few episodes uh, so far. It's definitely a good series on Netflix. Go check them out. He's uh, he's terrific. Uh, and a Dean's prompting uh, from uh, Convincing Idiots. I started watching, there's a couple episodes of the Night Court series. So it's a new series on NBC. You find it on NBC.com uh, streaming on demand, uh, probably on Hulu too, I think, but definitely on NBC.com. It's a continuation of the old Night Court series. That's what it is. So it's uh, Harry Stone's uh, daughter. Uh, John Little Kett is there as Dan Fielding, so he comes back to work at her prompting. Um, and Dean said it looks and feels just like the original series. Pretty right. It's, it's the same set, apparently. If not, it sure looks like it. But it's definitely it. It, yeah, it looks it's like definitely it. takes me back into the eighties, nineties of that feel of a simple sitcom show on network television. That's a good feeling, isn't it? Just takes you back. It's a feel. It feels good. I like when I see stuff even, like even that. Even down to the theme, you know, the theme in between scenes yeah. and all that type of stuff. I'm just like, I like it. it. It was a simpler time. Life was simpler for us, and it just helps you bring that feeling in. I think Absolutely. that's cool. So, yeah, if you're a fan of the first uh, uh, series, then you'll definitely enjoy this here. Um, yes. Hey, fish. You mentioned Giancarlo mm -hmm. Esposito. Um, so that made me remember um, one of the best series I've ever seen in my life is on Hulu. It's called Godfather of mm -hmm. Harlem. And it is about gangster Bugsy uh, Bumpy Johnson. True story, true figure in history. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Hoodlum with uh, what's it from the Matrix? Neo, not Neo, uh, okay. Morpheus, Lawrence mm -hmm. Fishburne. He plays Bumpy Johnson when he gets out of prison. 
back in the uh what 40s was it 30s and he helps madam queen take on dutch schultz becomes one of the biggest gangsters in america uh to be a black man and take on the mob was was a heck of a feat but he defeated dutch schultz in real life they do that story well this is bumpy johnson when he's older um he's like the mayor of harlem he's just a love character he pumps a lot of money into the community but he also sells drugs and of course the mob hates him because they want to take over harlem but they can't outsmart bumpy Giancarlo Esposito plays one of the best characters. He's a pastor, but he's also a congressman. His office is right in the middle of Harlem. Um, he's a drunk. He gets accused of sexually assaulting women. He's just a mess. But uh, man, the show is violent. The show is incredible, true stuff. And one of the best performances I've ever seen um, is by a man by the name of Nigel Thatch, who plays Malcolm X. Better than uh, Denzel's portrayal of Malcolm X. So watch Godfather Harlem. If you like good gangster stuff, this is a great show. Very good. Good recommendation. Okay, so uh, in the world of pop culture, um, pop culture headlines. So making some news now is the the Eminem's characters. Now you remember the Eminem's characters on the on the commercials, you know, the Christmas commercial, and there's so many of them out there where he has like the giant animated M&Ms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh you might remember the one was like a green M&M. It's kind of like a sexy lady looking character with high heels and like a beauty mark yes. and this and that and the other. So she's yeah. kind of hot. So Eminem's decided they're gonna retool the M&Ms to uh make them more I don't know, modern, inclusive, all that stuff. Oh, boy. So they kind of reintroduced them back in January of last year. And apparently it's just getting a lot of negative buzz in social media. Uh, And they've announced here recently that basically that those characters are on a permanent uh, hiatus. And they're replacing them with Maya Rudolph as a spokesperson for Eminem's candy. So we know Maya Rudolph from Saturday Night Live for many years. Uh, yeah. And let me guess, people oh, are yeah. upset. So now some people say this is all just another dumb advertising tactic for the Super Bowl where they're going to reintroduce the Eminem's or something at the Super Bowl. I don't know. But just the fact of people being upset about the change in look of an animated candy. It's really pretty fascinating. So it made a lot of news on Fox News, surprise, I guess, about the quote-unquote woke M&Ms. It's like this is on national news television. It's really fascinating what people will gravitate to for their whether mm-hmm. it be their political agenda and or just their personal interest. Uh, yeah. So, Keith, what do you think about people being upset <laughs> about the M&Ms candy changes and uh, firings, uh, sir? Well, we've seen this. We've talked about it before, the stuff that people will complain about. And it's all because it's just so easy to complain. Back in the day, there were issues, serious issues going on, and you couldn't get anybody to take their time to write their congressman or congresswoman. You couldn't get anybody to do something like that or start a petition. But now, because it's easy to piss and moan on the internet, 
everybody wants to complain about every little stupid thing. I got too much going on in my life to give a crap about M&M's advertisements. Yeah, I love the little guys and their commercials, but do what you do. Things can't stay the same. You know, as long as M&M's still tastes great, I'll be okay, which I don't need to be eating any. But I don't know, man. Just get a life. Skinner, what do you think? Um, he, my sentiments exactly. These people who just want to complain for the sake of complaining. Well, what's some of them's changing their characters? What's that doing to affect your life? Nothing. You're going to still go to the damn store and feed these candies in your mouth what, put I mean, them in your I, m&m shoot <laughs> yeah so you know shut your pie holes and uh you know find something else to complain about i guess i don't know it's like any it, there's a lot of people out there that as soon as they get they love to use the word woke it's a woke society yeah it's Ask woke this and woke word. that yeah they really just can't stand the fact that they could tie a woke to something the woke left or whatever the hell they want to say it's really interesting i don't know i'm with you guys here's one for you i guess i'm not woke because i've never used that term till just now so (laughs) there you go go. well i'm woke to the fact that we got a bunch of idiots using woke now to make themselves sound smart i finally woke up to that (laughs) you're more yeah i'm with you i could not care less about any of that just you know it's it's I don't know if the characters make you buy more or less M&M's to begin with. Our government is hitting a debt ceiling and people are worried about M&M's characters. Right. Right. And M&M's anyway, it's like, do they really need to advertise? It's like, I know what it is. I I know what I'm getting with the M&M's. It's uh, melts in your mouth, not in your hand. I get it. You know, it's fine. I, I was going to say they don't need to advertise. People know where they are. They're at the store. Go get them. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes you see a commercial like, God, you know what? I haven't had those in a while. But I mean, you'll go pick something up. So I get that part. I suppose. But. Well, okay. All right. Uh, but, you yeah. know what, though, Fish? I guarantee you they could save so much money if they just showed a picture of an yeah. M&M for five That's seconds. It. Break, let it break open, see the chocolate inside, and that's it. You got to pay no actors or nothing, and people be like, "Man, I haven't had M and M's in a while," and it'll pick some up. That's a great point. They do have a lot of interesting flavors these days, by the way, too. So, uh, okay, so we, we mentioned uh, Way of the Water recently, the Avatar sequel, and I saw that in the theater. It's really just oh, killing it in the box that. office. So it has now topped two billion dollars in the global box office. And it's the third James Cameron film to reach that benchmark. And the other two movies are the original Avatar, uh, mm-hmm. Titanic, James Cameron also. Of course, this one. Oh, yeah. And then Avengers Endgame hit that mark. And also Star Wars The Force Awakens. Avengers Endgame and Avengers mm-hmm. Infinity War. Actually, the, so the last couple of Avengers yes. movies hit uh, $2 billion. So just pretty fascinating. I mean, James Cameron... Uh, I, I, it, I don't know if we'll see this maybe again. I don't know. It's just an amazing accomplishment to generate, to create movies with uh, this level of accolades and box office. It's really quite something. Wow. So. And, and you're talking about the $2 billion mark. Just look at the big ones he's had. 
Terminator, that series. You know, there's other stuff he's done. This yeah, is absolutely. Huge. So, yeah, not to mention just the characters and the universes that he's introduced in the world of, uh, you know, pop culture and movie uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. So just just pretty amazing. So I don't have any more thoughts on it. I just wanted to call that out. And Skinner, do you have any thoughts on this? Now, you mentioned there was an actress in one of these movies that uh, happens to have been in several of these yeah, movies. Yeah, she's... Uh yeah, uh, uh, Zoe Saldana, uh, they had made mention, she's the first actress to be a part of uh, multiple $2 billion uh, episode, or uh, movies. She's been in both Avatars, and she was in um, one of the Avengers uh, as one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so she's uh, up first actress to be in the, the $2 billion mark. Uh, multiple times so you know shout out to her but Incredible. yeah the for this for james cameron to uh, you know i don't say he's pick and choose his projects but if he has the man's a freaking genius because he's done some incredible work over the years and like uh, like porter said terminator may not be a two billion dollar franchise but he made quite a bit of money on those on that franchise as well so yeah. Rel- i think relatively speaking it's close you know i mean two billion dollars now ain't two, two billion three, dollars 30 yeah. years ago yeah right yeah we have a call into his office to effective episode uh 100 for us to bring in pretty and producing the show so we'll see i have not received a return <laughs> call yet i'm sure he just hasn't uh gotten the message uh just yet so you know we're hopeful he's got some time we're hopeful we're hopeful uh yep yes, we and the actress that it's that skinner's talking about he mentioned off camera that she had a nice set of eyes off camera as well yes he did mention her eyes <laughs> were very nice yep. okay so another uh it, another sign i guess getting older that you know, the the music that becomes more popular just for me anyway, it's just farther and farther away. But I just thought this was an interesting uh, statistic here. Now, we know Miley Cyrus, you know, of course. Uh, yes. Unfortunately. Um, but she just broke over the past uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, well, past 10 days, actually. So she released a single, Flowers. And on Spotify, they've announced that the song had broken the record for the most streams in a single week. So in one week. Uh, it it say it hit on Spotify only, hundred and one million eight hundred thirty eight thousand seven hundred ninety nine streams since coming out late in the day on January the twelfth. So wow. on Thursday it reached a hundred million point faster than any other song on Spotify. So I've not listened to the song yet. I'm sure it's a fine song. I like the. I like her direction where she's gone as far as you know more edgy and stuff like that. She's not a you know not a terrible singer or not a, you know she's okay. I don't seek her out to listen to her. I just thought that was an amazing statistic and just how the music industry is today. I mean obviously you, you think back at the old uh, top 40 countdowns and all that, you know they had to measure record sales and radio plays mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Now you just have it right on the streaming service. How many times someone listen to a song, you know, it's very clean. That's one way you can measure it. So, and it's obviously very accessible for a lot more people to pull up a song and listen to it like that. So 
I don't know how it translates into money necessarily for her. Other than otherwise that uh, she probably makes so much per stream, I would imagine. And then, uh, you know, certainly it creates a lot of publicity around her music and albums and her as an artist in general, but hundred million listens of anything in a week. It's uh, pretty extraordinary. So Keith, any thoughts on Miley Cyrus or how they measure music anymore, the music business in general, how they're measuring things? Sure. It, interesting. I won't say too much about Miley Cyrus. Um, I'm certainly not a fan. Um, I actually find her disgusting. Um, I don't get it. <laughs> but hey, as uh, far as her voice is concerned, uh, she, I love her mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. I always thought, man, if she was in a metal band, she would just sound amazing. She's got that raspy, but total clarity and she, she, she sung notes, some hard so rock songs I'll give her that you could find out there yeah yeah and I, she sounded mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. on them um i i get that part of her just her i can't stand but um more interesting what you were talking about how artists make music i'll never forget the day um there was this huge push by artists to stop this thing called nap that's right and i think metallica oh, yeah. like led yes. the way and it was just way to download songs into this new invention called MP3 mm-hmm. player. And artists were losing their mind because you got two ways to make money. You go out and you tour for a while. The other way is you make records. And like you said, there's those album sales. They hit the charts. The more you sell, the better, you know. And, you know, the artists only got a little cut of that mm-hmm. anyway. Now, all of a sudden, people are getting that music for free, well, why go buy their record? Look at where we are today. When, boom, you can put record whole albums, you know, to your device or whatever. Um, you know, a new album comes out, I just go on Apple Music, add the library, and the whole album is on my, on my phone now. It is just a whole different world, and artists are forced not only to tour more to make money, but to find other ways to get money to come in. And this is one of the ways, the streaming. Um, they have to keep track of it so that they can get some sort of percentage um, for these downloads. So it's just a whole new new era that we live in. And it's been really hard for a lot of artists who can't do some of the things they need to to make money. That's why you see all these different avenues opening up. Because, uh, man, when the touring stops... And, you know, it's really bad for the artist that does not have the copyright um, thing going on. If you don't have your name on the song, then you don't get that percentage. So that's a really big thing in bands. You know, you want to do put your name on the song so that any reproduction of that song, you get an eighth of a cent whenever it's reproduced. But if you didn't have anything to do with the writing of the song, you make some money touring and, you know, maybe a few other things, but that's about it, man. And that's why you see a lot of people going to court with other band members. It's like, hey, you didn't write the song. So, you know, and when you're not selling out, when you're not the hot item anymore, you can't sell out Quicken Loans Arena or whatever it's called now. Um, you can't sell out places like that and your band's back to playing, you know, Cleveland Gore or even smaller venues, then you really can't make any money. So that happens a lot. When bands are on tour, the drummer or whoever, they don't think about it. Hey, we're touring. I'm making money. When that's over with and nobody's booking you like that, 
the only person who's making money in that band is the person whose name is on the copyright for that song. So, yeah. interesting. Skinner, any thoughts on it? That is interesting. No, I didn't know. Information Keith just talked mm-hmm. about it. It's all new to me. Uh, it's, it's been going on since the 50s, man, 40s. It's a really big deal right now. Yeah. Um, the 50s artists, they got a big class action lawsuit still going right now from all the things they did with those songs. And, man, the writers and the writers' families are raking in all this money. You, I just heard two commercials the other day when my uncle saw Hold On, I'm Coming, you know, being played on there. You know, and he's fighting in court to get some of that money, you know? So. Crazy. Crazy. Okay, let's get into uh, some uh, pop culture history here, guys. Um, we're shooting this on Monday, January the 23rd. So looking at some, you know, big pop culture, culture stories uh, this week over the over the years. Um, let me get these, by the way, this week in popculturehistory.com. You can find all these and statistics and everything else. It's a pretty uh, easy to use site, by the way, to give them proper credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, January the 22nd in 1984. The Apple Macintosh personal computer made its debut. You might remember this. Uh, I remember wow. the you, it, of all the great Super Bowl commercials. You might remember the commercial for the Macintosh. It was based on the 1984 book. 84, yeah. Big, you know, uh, futuristic. Great yeah, it was scene. a really great yes. commercial. It really was. And no personality. Everybody was the same. You're just an uh, object. Yeah. Kind yeah. of scary, but the Apple was different and this and that and the other. So, uh, yeah, still a very popular computer to this day. Uh, I've never owned one myself. Now, I've, I own Apple devices. You know, I have an iPad here in my hand. An iPhone is we're shooting this an iPhone. We talked about iPhones last week, mm-hmm. by the way. So, the iPhone was one was introduced uh, last week in pop culture history. We talked about that in our last episode. So, go check that out if you haven't uh, listened or watched that. You can find that clip out there too on uh, um, our channels and all that stuff. But uh, it's very prevalent for younger people, for sure. I know that. So, you know, Peyton is, uh, my daughter Peyton is a college student, and uh, she takes graphic design at Kent State University here locally. Uh, She got her first Mac uh, last year. Uh, All her classmates use them. It's a very user-friendly thing. It's a very easy-to-use, you know, graphics programs and everything else. So she absolutely loves it. Not cheap, but it's a fantastic laptop for her. So, I don't know. I've never owned one. Uh, guys, have you owned a Mac before? Do you, have, do you have any comparisons, if so, between a Mac and a, uh, and a standard Windows laptop? Or don't have really any thoughts on it? Skinner, anything on the Macintosh? I've never owned one, but Ju- uh, Mike Jr. swears yeah. by him. So, he if he was with us tonight recording or he's listening as uh, he's helping us out here he'll tell you the same thing he won't use anything else but a macbook so uh but me personally i don't have any experience okay. with it and i'm like you I've, I've got my ipad right here and my iphone sitting here in front of me as well but i don't i've never used a computer so i have no way to to compare okay. keith how about you listen um all my life i've been pc um, I've been Android on my phones and notebooks and all that type of thing. And now I find myself sitting here with an iPad 
an iPhone, and all I could do is pop myself in the head, go where you've been all my life. Um, I never thought I would want to use an iPhone or an iPad. Um, people that I would look at and try to mess with, whatever. I just thought it was just confusing. Um, now I love it. I've never owned a Mac, but I have a feeling that if I ever did get one, I would probably do the same thing, pop myself in the head and go where you've yeah. been all my life. Um, it's a strong possibility that it might happen. Now, as far as the computer's concerned, I love PC. I never had any problems. It's simple. I just don't have a reason to get a Mac right now. Unless I probably work on somebody and find some things that make me say, hey, I want to get a Mac. That's what happened with iPhone. When the 11, I think, came out and the, the new camera system, the video system, we started doing our show. Um, when I saw that and played with it, I was convinced. And then everything else blew me away on it. So never had one, but I got a feeling that if I ever probably use one and use some kind of program that was beneficial to me i could easily be talking okay. to it very good uh so today january 23rd in 1986 so i know keith and i were juniors at high school mm-hmm. uh, skinner was was you a freshman then uh later that year i was okay. yeah that was the induction of the first rock and roll hall of fame class in cleveland ohio yeah the first inductees, some you know, certainly iconic artists: Little Richard, Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Elvis Presley. Sam Cooke, right, Keith? That's your uncle. No, Sam, Sam Moore. Moore. Yeah, I'm so sorry, I said it yes. wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, so obviously over the years there's been a lot of controversy. I don't know if it's controversies. Some may say controversy. A lot of discussion on uh what artists go into the quote unquote rock and roll hall of fame. Is it rock and roll? Is rock and roll just more of a description of music in general? Heck, even this past year, we know we had Dolly Parton was nominated and she originally said, Well, I'm not a rock and roll singer. I decline, and then she came right. back and accepted the honor because it's more of a yeah, she should have. It's more of a music artist Hall of Fame. They almost could change the name, or you just sort of need to right. redefine your definition of what a uh, rock and roll, uh, you know, what is rock and roll music? It's really encompassing of a lot of almost every type of music, almost really. So. I don't know. So any thoughts in general of, you know, the types of artists over the years? Have you been upset about the type of uh, uh, artists that they've put in? Are you upset that they don't have enough representation of a certain type of music? Any thoughts, Keith, on the uh, Rock Hall over the years? Um, Yeah, it's an old argument, Fish. I'm done with it, you know, because it is what it is. Too late to do anything about it now. Um, you've let so many people in who were not under the definition that we thought it was about rock and roll. So we understand it's a music thing now, and, and that's fine. No problem. And um, I just think there's this middle middle of the road area that gets looked over. Now, we've seen some of the big, older, heavy I should say hard rock, 
I wouldn't want to necessarily call them metal acts that have been in. Um, you know, we've seen Kiss and, and things like that. But there's just this metal section that is overlooked. They have so, so many albums. It's ridiculous. Iron Maiden, Scorpions. I mean, you're talking about bands that have been around since the 70s, got so many albums. It's ridiculous. How many albums the Scorpions have? How many albums Maiden has put out? And, um, you know, I, I just think they get overlooked, um, no respect. Um, even the, the Metal Awards show, the Loudwire shows or whatever, I mean, those are just like for newer artists. And sometimes they go to that heavy, heavy extreme. But the bands that we grew up liking, I mean, they're just looked over. You know, Van Halen, they might be more uh, mainstream, but you're talking about uh, your Scorpions, um, Queensryche, just bands who have sold multiple, multiple uh, platinum albums, man, that will never get the respect they deserve. Skinner, any thoughts? I agree with Keith. You know, my biggest beef with the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the definition of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which they've started to define it as encompassing all genres of music, which is fine. But all these years, you know, since 86, we were growing up and bitching and moaning because Iron Maiden and Scorpions and a lot of these bands that we grew up and love, uh, Metallica is another one. That you know, why are these bands not in the Hall of Fame? They're the best out there. They're they're the ones that turn the music industry around. Yet they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, that was the that was my gripe is the understanding of what the music Hall of Fame really was. Now Metallica so. did get in eventually, finally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But some of these other bands mm-hmm. way later than yeah. Like, I, who were some of the people that went in last year? Uh, it was like it like Duran. Duran Duran was one uh, of Judas them. Priest got in. Judas Priest mind. got in as a as a contributor, like a like a performer. Yeah. So, so basically, they got in as a di- sort of a different. But they're in. Um, ridiculous. That's another band that's ridiculous. They didn't get in twenty years yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here's here's some. Let's look at uh, Carly Simon. There's definitely some big names. No, because she's been around a long time. It was some good names last Final year. Richie, yeah. Benatar. Yeah, Benatar. Benatar should yep. have been in there. Um, Eurythmics, Lionel Richie. Those are some good names. Okay, so I'm going to look up. Let's make this interesting. Let's go questionable. Rock Hall inductees. Don't forget, you can catch us on Bosco Media Network as Keith is looking this up. All right, Spotify, thank you. Apple. Okay, so there's some some really great names on here. Um, some of the questionable names have been. Um, wow, I actually like all these people on here. Can you guys think of anybody that's been questionable put into the rock hall? You know, it's, I, I, it's hard to think about some of that. One thing that gets me is like there's some bands that were newer. I, I mean, you're not. You're, 
Yeah, that's what I'm You're trying to look You're not eligible, I think, until like your first record was 25 years or older. I think that's when yeah. you're eligible and all that stuff. But it's just, uh, there's artists out well, there that have just a more complete body of work and been doing it for so long and how uh, some newer bands pass them by. I, it's it's just difficult. It's all just exactly. biased. And, and, you know how many album sales that Iron Maiden has? A hundred and thirty wow. million. They were nominated, I think, two years ago, and you know did not get on. Judas Priest came back around. It was like their second nomination to finally get them in. I think Iron Maiden will definitely get in. You have to. You have to. But again, that's a band. It just it's just taking way too long for them to get way in. Too I agree long. with the Scorpions as well. I mean, Scorpions. You know, a couple of the you know the average person knows a couple of songs with them, but they have such a extensive, deep, deep catalog. Oh my god! It was the ridiculous. best live acts I ever saw, yeah. ever. Me, I totally agree yeah. with you. I'll just, I just I said to somebody yesterday, one of the best yeah. live acts I've Absolutely. ever seen. Absolutely, it's, it's it's insane. Yeah, I like Def Leppard and all that. They're fine, but they, you know, they they're not more deserved than some of these other bands. You know, so it's tough. You know, when you have people's yeah. opinions, it's just a bunch of people talking and making a decision like that. Like all these, all these Hall of Fames, it's it's difficult. You know, I don't know. Yeah, and you want to put put in perspective. You take my favorite band from back then, mm-hmm. Queensrÿche. Now here's a band that had a couple of platinum albums, maybe four of the biggest albums in metal back then. Okay, they've been around a long time. They haven't been a household name recently, but this is a great band from a great era. Twenty million albums. Yeah, they'll never get in. That doesn't even come close to somebody like Maiden. Never get in. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, they continue to, you know, broaden their horizons and and uh, you know, welcome more bands like that in there that we've uh, we've enjoyed that we certainly believe are deserving to get in there. So we'll see. Yeah, and, and I want to add this to fish, and you know, I know somebody here just might not like it, but it's just true. If us, if we see bands that we love get the credit they deserve. It's going to have to be done by people that aren't into bands like we love yep. and deserve. Because it ain't going to get done right. That's right. You know what I mean? I, I look at that Loudwire Awards show, and it's a fiasco. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we freaked out when we see some of this stuff that go on at the Grammys and stuff, whatever. But if you look at shows like the Source Awards, it's like out of control. You hear stories that go on with Suge Knight and, 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 and East Coast, West Coast, shooting it out in the parking lot and all that other stuff. But you don't hear about that stuff at the Grammys or the Country Music Awards or things like that. But I look at that heavy metal awards show and these people act like they've never worn shoes before. I mean, seriously, just because it's heavy metal, don't act like freaking hoodlums like it's your first time using a fork or something, man. I mean, they're there screaming and fighting, feet up on the seats. You know, everybody's coming out, F-bombs, drunk and high. I mean, come on. Let's have a day where we show a little bit of class, you know? So, I don't know. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. All good comments, man. All right, let's move on to uh, 1977 also this day. This is the 23rd, 1977. Uh, The Roots miniseries. Aired for the first time Ooh. on ABC. Uh, it was based on the novel Roots by Alex Haley. 
It continues to hold the record for the third highest rated U.S. television program at 36.38 million. It received 37 Emmy Award nominations. It won nine. It won a Golden Globe and a Peabody Award and a remake of, let's see, it began airing in 2016 on the History Channel. I did not know that, uh, which was also a ratings and critical success. So, uh, mm. never saw it. Again, not, not something I was, no. Nope. You're kidding me. Nope. Never something I was against. I mean, at the time, 77, I was, I was a kid. I'm like, I, I just was not going to hold my attention to anything that serious probably as, as a kid, but never came back around and watched it. I'm sure it's, uh, just, you know, obviously with just hearing the accolades here, uh, it's definitely worth watching probably for several reasons, but yeah, never saw. Thoughts on Roots, uh, Keith? Obviously, you've seen it, yes? Oh, gosh, yeah. We could do a whole show. Um, that's probably one of the greatest things that's ever been made that's not talked about enough. I think maybe because there's been so many similar things afterwards. Um, as a young black child, when Roots came out, what year was that? 77. So I was um, nine mm-hmm. years old. We were made to watch it. Uh, my family members, kids in the neighborhood, there was no no choice in the matter. and. When it was over with, everybody had this same look. Now we get it. See, we were raised, we were young, and we, you know, we heard things and we understood that there was a problem in this world, um, you know, because of our skin color. We all had experiences. We all got treated differently. I remember we get followed in stores and all this other stuff, but I didn't understand why and where this all came from until I saw Roots. And I'll never, ever forget how crazy it was the day after uh, when it re-ran. You know, I remember how all the black kids were angry and all the white kids were scared to death because we didn't know. The white kids didn't know and the black kids didn't know. And and the black kids were like mad, like this really happened to us, you know. And the white kids are like, "Wow, that's pretty lame." I, I, you know, I'm scared. Most of them, anyway. Um, so it was really life changing for us and our neighborhood. You know, there were a lot of jokes and stuff that came out of it too, but for the most part, it was horrifying. It, it scared me to death. It is one of the most amazing things I've ever saw to this day. But it changed everything after that because so many people didn't know. And even in my music class, we teach about the civil rights movement in the 60s. And it wasn't until television filmed the police turning dogs and hoses on the protesters down in Atlanta. The country didn't know. White people didn't know this was going on, you know. There was a whole cross-section of America, of white Americans, that got ticked off. But they didn't know. They heard things, but until they saw it, it was like, wow, we didn't know this was going on. So Roots kind of did the same thing as far as, you know, slavery and all that. We didn't know. We heard stories in school. We read stories. But nobody knew. And Alex Haley just opened that window up and opened everybody's eyes up. You know, he his his story was amazing because he went back and studied his entire family history. This is his family history. This isn't a made up. This isn't fiction. Um, so 
it was just incredible. I'll never forget the day after watching mm-hmm. Roots. Everybody was different. Very good. Skinner, did you ever see it? Nope. I'm like you. Never saw it. So I have nothing to add, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Well, Sicky. So, yeah, sounds like if you if we haven't seen it out there, go watch it. Maybe get a different perspective on many things. Yeah. I, I guarantee it'll change you. It's okay. Watch it. Uh, January 24th, you guys, back in 1993, uh, Disney made a wise purchase and picked up the Pixar movie studio. So um, they had agreed to a three-movie agreement with Pixar before they bought them. Toy Story, A Bug's Life, and Toy Story 2. The three had won 19 Oscars and grossed more than $3 billion at the box office. And Disney was like, hey, uh, yeah, let's keep this partnership going. They agreed to another three movies. and But Steve Jobs, who was a CEO for Pixar, did not get along with Michael Eisner, who was a CEO for Disney. Jobs mm-hmm. announced that Pixar would begin looking for another distributor. And the sixth film would be the last with Disney. Eisner stepped down. And then uh, Robert A. Iger stepped in. At Disney and made amends with Pixar, uh, and they agreed to buy Pixar in 2006. So, I'm sorry, 93. Sorry, no, on this day in 2006, Disney purchased mm. Pixar. 1993 was it Disney purchased this? Space? It's kind of weirded wrong here. So, Disney went to a first partnership with uh, with Pixar in 93 and they purchased them in 2006. That's what it was, anyway. Certainly since that time, Pixar has put out some incredible movies really from its inception. So just amazing animation, very good storylines, just some incredible movies. And they do some very creative things with tying, you know, movies together and Easter eggs and everything else. I don't know, but just some very, very good movies out there. So I'm curious, just in general, guys, if you have, I don't know, give me like your top three, four favorite Pixar movies in any, any particular order that you want to mention. And Skinner, why don't we start with you? So what are your, what are your top couple Pixar movies over time, sir? I can give you top three because those are, are volumes ahead of the rest mm-hmm. of them. Toy Story 1, yeah. Incredibles, and Monsters, Inc. Okay. You know, my kids, I took my children to see Monsters University, yep. which is the second one, to the drive-in theater in Ravenna. Uh, when they were younger, the older kids, we all went as a family and just had an absolute ball. Uh, the Reds were just very little, but they that, that was the time that they were uh, big into the Pixar movies. So I have good memories with the uh, Incredibles and Monsters, Inc. with them. Very good. Keith, do you have any favorite uh, Pixar movies? You may not have seen as many, but... Uh... Oh, I can give them to you mm-hmm. in order. Um there's three of them because they're the only three I've ever seen. Um, first one is The Incredibles. Second one was Toy mm-hmm. Story 1. And then Incredibles 2. Um, I tried to watch Lightyear. Um, there's elements of that movie that just uh, disgusted me. I stopped watching it. But I've never really seen any of the Pixar okay. movies. Not all the way through okay. anyway. So just something that hasn't interested me. Um, I'm sure there's a few in there that I would probably dig. Um, I have uh, some little nephews and nieces that watch some of this stuff, and I catch a little bit, but really don't know anything about them. I mean, certainly these are the catalogs out there on 
Disney Plus you could check out as well. So I'll give you my four here. Up is way up there, just an incredible movie. Uh, and it, it's up there for the, the first few minutes of the movie Up. So some of the saddest <laughs> movie scenes ever. Really? It's just, incre- <laughs> it's, it's just a very brief story of a man uh, like you know, showing a love story with his wife. And it you know, shows the, just a passage of time, and they're deeply in love, and he loses her, and he's on his own. So it becomes this kind of bitter old man. It's kind of the premise of the beginning of the of the uh, of the movie. Yeah. But I love the animation. It's on fascinating, that movie. amazing. So yeah, definitely check out Up. If you know, it's it's definitely one to add to your list if you're considering watching some Pixar movies. I also have the first Toy Story. Just incredible. Just the the you know, the the whole premise is fantastic. With uh, obviously we know mm-hmm. the story of how toys come to life, and it's about uh, kids growing up, and it's a it's a whole thing there. Just all the characters and the voice actors. I mean, obviously Tom Hanks and Tim Allen, just you know, hugely talented voices throughout the entire series, and they made I think four of them. And all those movies are very good in their own right, in my opinion. Monsters Inc. is fantastic. You know, just the premise is terrific. Um, yeah, they had John Goodman and um, Billy Crystal, just fantastic. And, and that's a movie that Peyton was, you know, she watched when she was little, introduced her to that. So I have a lot of fond memories with with uh, Monsters. Mm-hmm. I also took her to go see Monsters uh, Inc. at uh, at the drive-ins. And if you one of the best movies, maybe the arguably the best all around, fantastic. I, I hadn't watched this movie in a long time, and uh, we went on vacation, a little getaway. Uh, two summers ago with uh, Peyton and Joey and Marlo and Allie and everybody. And we had a little family night and they picked the movie. I hadn't seen it in years. Ratatouille. I had forgotten how good mm. that movie is about the rat who's the chef that befriends a young up and coming chef and literally teaches him how to cook. And it's just a very sweet <laughs> story, you know, it, Worth watching, and then some honorable mentions. Uh, Wally, this was the robot one in the future where the Earth has been overrun yeah. by trash, and uh, the Incredibles one. You guys mentioned that as well. And a newer one that came out within the last couple of years, you can find Luca. So Luca is uh, about basically sea monsters living among humans. Um, yeah. So you definitely have some undertones of uh, you know racism and different things are kind of in you know you get in the movie, but. Very, very well done. Go check that out as well. Yeah. I'm sure I I watched a lot more of these. I would love a lot of them, not yeah. all of them. Just having had, I don't know. If you would just, just want to feel I'm start catching up on some of them. a feel-good type movie, go check out some of these. If, if Make the next one either Up or Ratatouille. Trust me. And then you'll... Okay. All right. So in 1966, very popular toy we had growing up here, received a patent, the Spirograph. Now you remember this thing mm-hmm. here. It was, it had a, a, I think it had different sets, but it had like a plastic thing you might remember, and it had different shapes and different things. So you would put yes. a colored pen or pencil or something in the thing, and move it around, and it would automatically draw perfectly, you know, symmetry, perfect symmetry yes. shapes on a piece of paper. <laughs> and you can do different things and make different designs. You can make all kinds of incredible designs with this thing i used to i used to have one to play with it for hours i had tons of spirograph drawings as a child growing up here mm-hmm. 
we'll hold the thought on Spirograph until we get to you know another another one here because it might make your list of some favorite toys. Um, in 1958, on January the 28th, Lego patented its famous iconic brick design. So, the Lego Group, which means play well, which I did not know, it had it began as a wooden toy company in 1932. Uh, the Denmark company pivoted in 1947 wow. to plastic toys, creating their first versions of their signature automatic binding bricks. Um, obviously, they painted it, and it just never looked back. Obviously, Lego to this day is just a phenomenon in itself with all the intricate uh, sets that are out there. They've had movies, video games. There's a, a a game show for your Lego Masters out there right now. So mm-hmm. there's a Lego Museum, which I want to mm-hmm. check out. I've never been. I'm going to go check that out. So, so thinking of the Spirograph and Legos, you know, definitely toys that I had growing up as a child, as did most kids probably from our generation. This made me think about some of our favorite toys in general uh, growing up. So if you want to mention the Spirograph or Lego 2, that's certainly okay. If it did not make your immediate list, but I'm interested in your favorite, some of your favorite types of toys as a kid. Now, this could be a particular toy, I don't care, or it could be something like Lego in general, which obviously had different play sets okay. and stuff like that. So some of your most favorite things uh, growing up. So, Keith, any, any come to mind? Oh, gosh, yeah, so many. Um this toy, it's funny when you think about the things kids have now, but we didn't have this stuff they have now. So this was the closest thing to being taken away somewhere. You know, you if you got any kind of computer now, you can visit any country on the planet. You can go to outer space on that computer, if you will. But back in the day, to just see other things, there was nothing cooler to me than a... Uh, uh, you master you master uh, yeah yeah i just man i could just stare in there for yep. days and if you hold it up to the light whatever picture you were looking at was lit up and it was just that was fascinating cool. to me i just loved it i would just look at the same stuff for forever um also i think one of the most important toys for all of us and it's really weird but it kind of changed everything because it allowed you to do things indoors that you did outdoors nerf just nerf everything and nerf what used to be just simple ball then it just blew up to nerf yeah. everything and now you can get nerf machine guns and <laughs> i mean you go to war with nerf now um so that was one of my good ones and um i also uh really 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 loved uh hot wheels and my thing with the hot wheels was to and I got this from a friend. It got me in trouble. But he would go in his sister's room and steal her fingernail polish and fingernail polish remover. And he taught me how to take the paint off of them and repaint them with fingernail polish. And that was really great when I learned that. Mm. So we were designing our own Hot Wheels. And uh, as one of this, a last one, um, I had a great imagination as a child. But I think I got more fun out of a light bright than uh, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Remember the big metal metal wash tubs, yeah. guys? Mm-hmm. So I would get a big metal wash tub, and then I would get be a couldn't wait for a box to come to the house because I take the box, give me a big piece of cardboard, and I would spend hours on this box in a black marker, 
drawing in controls and buttons, lasers, thrust, and all this other stuff. And all these controls and, and screen readouts that I drew on here, I'd punch holes in them, right? And then I took that light bright and I took that black screen off and threw that away. And I put the light bright down in the wash tub. And then I laid my control panel on top of it and turned the lights out. And I'd be in my bedroom for hours until like I'm controlling my own spaceship. It just, it was great times. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, great toy. Actually, I did that yesterday, oh, right. but whatever. <laughs> that's great. I kind of forgot about the light bright. I love that. Yeah. I definitely had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Peyton had one as a kid, too. Matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Skinner. Toys. So I went a different route. I, I did toy brands, but that's okay because you can mm-hmm. do the toys with it. I had Nerf as my number one. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. As a kid, I was, I was into sports more than I was. Next to Star Wars, I was into sports. So when Nerf came out, man, I could I don't have to go outside to throw a ball. I can do this indoors yeah. like you're talking about. Uh, number two on my list is Kenner, mm-hmm. which you all know and we've talked about is uh, mm-hmm. to put Star Wars on the map and, and the kids. And I absolutely adored every figure, everything I had with Star Wars um, growing up. And then I've also got on air Mattel. Mm-hmm. Uh, again with Absolutely. the sports, Mattel. Not only do they have all the board games, but the Tekken football. The, yeah, I could have used that. Right for behind sure. them. Yeah. Um, the you know, football too, I didn't right go. There. I didn't go anywhere without that thing with an extra set of batteries nice somewhere here. Because if I had lost the batteries, I would have been. I was pissed. If that right. thing ran out, and then uh, last one is Milton Bradley. They had some of the coolest games growing up, which yeah. si- which Fisher has behind him a, a picture. Simon yep. says, "Yep." Uh, and the board game Perfection was one of my yeah. favorites as well. Yes. Uh, so yeah, this go go on for hours on the stuff we have, but those those are the ones that hit home with me. Lost Art, the board game, you know, um, just just great fun, great way to connect with friends. Which I spoke to Coach Cooper the other night. We're going to have another board game night. Yeah, I love that. I miss, I just miss don't play. I say, well, just what, don't bring out attic antics. <laughs> yeah, don't bring that out. But we got something bigger planned. I want to talk to you guys about. <laughs> All right. Oh Lord, you put Coach Cooper in there, and any bigger plans? I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, I talk to you after All the right. show. <laughs> okay, so some of my favorites uh, as a kid, as a young child, uh, Fisher Price. The, the all the t- play sets and the, the the at the time it was the wooden figures. Uh, I had like the it was, they had so many play sets back then, man. I had I had like mm-hmm. the farm. I had the the parking. The I parking remember that. Ride, yeah, the plastic car. You yeah, crank up the elevator and would roll down the ramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that. I had the village, so it had like a town that would open up, and you had a traffic light. You had the yes. jail and a barber shop. Forgot all Man, about that. The boats, the airplane, the airport. It's so many play sets out there. I had just a ton of those, plus my parents' heart. I used to play with those things for hours and hours and hours and hours. It was a safe toy, and really just my imagination would just run right now. Of course, yeah, I was an only child, so it was me at home a lot, just learning to entertain 
uh, myself. So it was, you know, these toys probably took to mm-hmm. another level for me, just the, you know, what I was able to do and I didn't have to share with anybody. So there you have it. Uh, toys for me took, went to another level. My dad got me a Tyco electric train set when I was a young kid as well. And then for a, yeah. for a while for Christmases, I would get like little add on things. So like I would have, so for a while there, I had a whole train set set up in the basement of my parents' house. My dad hand built a table for me. God bless him. Uh, we had the tracks <laughs> all set up and stuff. So I would have like a, you know, you pull up the, you pull up to a thing and you run the train en- engine backwards and a guy would, like a you know would load the train and stuff and then all these little yes. cool things I was building up. I had a lot of fun with that for many many years. Um, Kenner also Skinner, you know the whole Star Wars stuff. That was a whole other world. You know all the action figures and mm-hmm. the ships. I mean, geez, when that when those came out, that was again I, that replaced the probably the amount of time with Fisher Price with Star Wars action figures and those toys. Just playing with all the play sets and everything and the figures was just phenomenal. And then I don't care if it's considered a toy or not, whatever, but the the, the pinnacle of my youth was the Atari 2600. When that thing came out, my parents got that mm-hmm. for me. That was the most exciting Christmas gift. One of the most exciting Christmas gifts I ever got in my entire life. I'm with you, and buddy. Playing those games and all that is just hours and hours and hours. I had so many kids in my house. My mom was like, get these kids out yeah, of my absolutely. house. Absolutely. We'd pile on each other's house and play. Yeah. Honorable mentions, I'll just say Legos was up there and Hot Wheels for me too, Keith. I had the cars, you know, the, the tracks mm-hmm. and the sets and everything else here. And I'll add while he's here, one of the greatest individual toys of all time. Uh, oh, yes. This was yes. Original, show it on camera here. This was the, the Evil Knievel Ideal Brand Jump Cycle. This is a figure from one of the original toys back in the 70s here. Now, they've remade these now. You can buy Mm -hmm. a new one right now online. They've reissued them. That's great. That toy is one of the greatest toys ever. It never failed to work properly. It was the coolest. You were cool. (laughs) Now, Fish, you guys mentioned the Star Wars Mm -hmm. ship. I never had a Star Wars ship. I didn't see Star Wars till a while after it came out, years after it came out. Um, I never had a Star Wars ship, but speaking of some of my favorite toys, now I did have a huge Darth Vader, and I love that. I love. I had him fight my big Incredible Hulk that I had. But you know what ship I have that was just the greatest toy ever mentioned? You guys remember a show called Space oh, yeah. 1999? Ship. Channel 43, yeah. the Eagle ship. Yeah, and you could take the front of it off and make the small eagle. I had that whole big mm-hmm. ship and the sides open up. Man, I love that thing. Uh, good memories. I love to see one of those again, yeah. And gosh, we want to go back to our real, real childhood when we were little. Who didn't have a see and say? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That was fun. Good stuff out there. Good. One of my favorite scenes of uh, King of Queens is when Doug was laid off and Deacon was laid off. And the old man was there, and Deacon had his little baby, and he kept pulling the CNC to entertain him. And, oh. you know, it had the animals on it. Froggy goes right. quiet. And they were just getting annoyed with it, and they just started betting on him. I got $5 on the froggy. <laughs> <laughs> just gambling. I said, I can see me and my stupid friends doing that, man. That's good. <laughs> Turning a CNC yep. to Vegas. I had one of those, too. Great stuff. All right. A lot of good memories here, guys. Uh, you know, if, if you're listening, watching still, 
And if you have any toys that some of your favorites that we mentioned or didn't mention, we'd love to hear from you. So you can email us at gamefromgenx330 at gmail.com or post on our Facebook page or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, or just re- you know, reach out to us and uh, like we'd love to uh, hear from you. And while we're at it, if there's any particular topic you want to hear or have us reminisce about, let us know. Love to hear from you. So, Keith, any announcements before we wrap it up here, sir? Uh, nothing. Got a big show come February. We'll talk about that later on. Um, I am excited to announce, if I didn't say last week, I've been recast as Lamont in the play production of Sanford and Son coming up this June. So I'm excited about reprising that role. It was one of the best plays. It was, it was the best play I've ever been in. Um, one of the best casts. It was sold out every night. So I'm really excited about that. You know, again, for me, listen to me also on the Convincing Idiots podcast with Dean and Nick, uh, Pop Culture Fun, also on uh, podcast platforms, Bosco Media, and YouTube at Convincing Idiots. Skinner, any announcements? And then take us out, sir, please. Uh, big weekend coming up for me here. Uh, personally, uh, can't announce it just yet, but next week certainly will. Um, mm. I don't know what's but, going on. Uh, yeah, uh, stay tuned, folks. Uh, but no, uh, great show, He's great reminiscing. He's diet. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but great topics this week. Uh, like Fish said, if you <clears throat> want to talk about anything, let, get a hold of us and let us know what your favorite toy was. So for Brian Fisher and Keith Porter, I am Michael Skinner. We're the guys from Gen X. We appreciate you. And as always, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Reach out to Skinner if you want to camp in a camp. Much love, everybody. past the hour. What hour? What hour? No, in the Rockies. Miles along the top. But what about Des Moines? It's degrees. Gonna be one of those days. One of what days? No need to wing it. Call InfoLine for time, temperature, and weather. 244-5611. Thanks, Bankers Trust. InfoLine from Bankers Trust.